Oh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, man. You good dancer? Uh, dancing? Yeah, American dancing. Disco. Oh, yeah, dancing. I'm, I'm good. Why? I'd like to see you dance. Observe your balance. Here? Really? So, uh, Noel's with us once again. Hello, Noel. Hello. Hello, everybody. And as uh, as always, I'm joined by... Uh, Mark, hello, everybody. Hope you're all well. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we are today uh, convening to discuss Electric Boogaloo, the wild, untold story of canon films. Is that the full title? Yes, it is. I indeed. believe yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um... Uh, so obviously, you know, um, well, uh, Noel's a big '80s man, so um, he loves everything in in their '80s. Yeah. And uh, so, he, uh, yeah, uh, Noel's on to talk about that. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about some general um, what we uh, what we've been watching, um, and some trailers and some tangenty stuff for like 90 minutes or so. So, um, are, are we all well? We're all we're all all right. Yeah, yeah, nice, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Any any up on that at all, uh, Mark? Or I'm mildly 
Good. <laughs> okay, I'll say. Cool. I'm incredibly tired. I've been to bed at about four this morning and woke up at quarter past seven. That's rough. Yeah. Oof. Like, yeah, I wasn't even, I wasn't even anywhere near drunk enough for that to happen as well. Nice. Oh, I managed. To, I managed to get a lie in this morning because I was up till daft o'clock drinking wine and watching Sign of the Times. So uh, I'm feeling pretty chipper. Uh, yeah, we we went out to see uh, my dad uh, yesterday to watch the Champions League final. Got home, drank a couple of bottles of wine. But I only had like one glass, uh, and then we're listening to Bruce Springsteen albums for about four in the morning before I went. We should actually fucking go to bed at some point because I know you're a little bit tipsy, but I'm not. And I'm really fucking tired. <laughs> and then woke up at quarter seven and was like. I'm awake then. Brilliant. <laughs> we we just like we watched the film that I'll talk about later on, and then we're just like dotting around the TV. And if Donna w- wasn't there, I probably would have stuck. On, I definitely would have stuck on Sign of the Times as well. But instead, we watched um, the last episode of the first season of Better Call Saul, and then at about half midnight, just watched the chase for about half an hour, like the game show. Oh. <laughs> Because it was just on ITV for some reason at that time of night, and then just went to bed. So that was my rock and roll night. But um, what the fuck? What the fuck is the chase? Oh, is that the one with Bradley, Bradley Walsh? What's yeah. his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually quite like the chase. Um, but anyway, um, that's one of my guilty secrets. I will just say, better call Saul. Uh, I'm not going to say everybody should watch it, but Breaking Bad fans, if you haven't seen it. I found the first half of the season very, I'm not into this. The second half improved dramatically. The last couple of episodes were fans, were great. Looking forward to see where that goes. And also, I'm just going to say as a tangent, if anyone pays full price for the order on PlayStation 4, like I almost did, you're, you're an idiot. Don't do it. <laughs> I literally completed that game in about two evenings. Shit. And that's just like, what? Um, I think my playtime was about seven hours something. That, that's, that's shit. Yeah, but it's the best looking game I've ever seen, and it's in 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio, so that made me quite hard. Yeah, that is quite nice, though. Um, but anyway, beyond that, um, have we got any random thingies we want to kind of point out before we start? Oh, I will just say it's an official podcast of filmramp.co.uk. There you go. I've done that bit. Damn. Um, any. Anybody got some randoms before we get uh, movie focused up in this shit? No, no. Well, if we're pi- if we're pi- if we're pimping stuff, I will direct people to um, adventuresinvhs.com if you don't mind, just because uh, it would be for reasons that will become apparent. There is uh, there is a um, site relaunch and um, new podcast come in and stuff like that and. If you go, if you are one of the people who's been kind enough to donate to, to Adventures of VHS so far, and, and if you are somebody who wants the book, go to that website and just pop your email address in on the page, uh, just so that I can build a bit of a contact list, so that I can contact you all about something very soon. So it's uh, got a very, very exciting investment opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's all above board. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just I didn't mention Adventures of VHS because I I know. <laughs> You were going through a period of yeah. It's all like, I don't want to are... pimp it. Don't yeah. Talk no, no. Like. I got a bit sick of it. And it, it yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll, it all will become clear. But um, yeah. just for the moment, if people do want to fire me their email address on there, it would be really handy. Um, and as I say, for reasons that will become apparent. So. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so that's about it. Mark, you want to talk about fireplaces or anything? Or <laughs> no, that's I, my investment opportunity. I, I, it, 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 it was a Manchester franchise. Yeah. Uh, no, no, not 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 yet. I'm, it's really I'm, cold up here. I'm fucking. I'm I'm a little bit fireplace now, and I'm, I'm at a trade show tomorrow as well. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, fire... Tell me, tell me, it's got an amusing fire. Fire name, like fire pun name to this oh, trade no, show. It's literally called the Hearth and Home Fire Fair. But Hearth ah, and Home, that's, that's brilliant. Um, but then we, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I would have gone with Home is where the Hearth is, but yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, it, it literally is just three massive rooms just filled with fires and stoves that are all on, so it's red fucking hot, and there's probably enough carbon monoxide in, it, in the fucking air to kill a. What? what? Why do they do that? Why do they do that though? Like, just see how fucking hot this fire it, it, gets. It is fucking insane. It's incredible how hot it gets in there. No, seriously, what's the reasoning for like have just having them all on though? Because there's loads of different uh, companies displaying their um, new products and things like that. But it's just like, I, I, I mean, I understand like the look of the thing, or maybe like stats about it being energy efficient or whatever. But they they just. They, they keep a house hot. Why do you need it to be on in, in a convention centre? Because some of them cost upwards of 10 grand and they have to try and get us to buy them. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to get, like, does this mean you're going to get, like, invited to things like half con and stuff? <laughs> I'm going to start it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a load of, a load of comic book themed. Whole new world. Uh, comic book themed uh, fireplaces. I imagine people Bruce Campbell dr- people be- dressed as fireplaces. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that that's going to be my day tomorrow. Is going to be that much fun. And I'll just one work-related thing. If anybody listening to this podcast is over fifty-five and is currently chasing the status of their pension under the new pension legislation that came in eight, uh, came in force in April, just chill out. Stop <laughs> calling us all the time. Please, it's killing us. It's actually killing us. We're dropping like flies. Stop it. You'll get your money. You'll get your, your money. I, I really don't think there's anybody over the age of 55 listening no, to this fucking podcast. No, neither do I. And, uh, you know, it just, Jesus Christ. We're getting people waiting for like 50 minutes to get through to us at the moment just for us to tell them, we've got your paperwork. It's just we can only do so many things in one day. Bear with us. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. It's so busy in my fucking workplace at the moment. It's driving me mad. Um, anyway, anyway, I did get paid one pound fifty to wear a tiara for two hours in work on Friday <laughs> afternoon. But... That's more than I usually get. Yeah. yeah. Who paid you that? Three of the people I sit near ponied up fifty p each. Fucking hell. And they were like, are you going to give that in? Because like, it was like a wear what you want dress down day for charity thing. They were like, are you going to give it to that? I was like, no. No. It's my fucking money. Pretty much. I don't fucking blame you. £1.50 yeah. that. Yeah. Seriously. Like, get a pot noodle for that. Yeah, there you go. You could probably get two, couldn't you? What's the price of a pot noodle these days? Uh, they used to be 79p, but I think they've gone, they've gone above the £1 mark now. I'm going to have to go on the Tesco website. <laughs> Hang about. <laughs> We've actually got quite a lot to talk about today as well, so I don't know, maybe I should I know, be. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to do this now. Groceries. Hot noodle. 
Oh no, seventy-five p. Seventy-five p. Save twenty-five p. Was a pound now seventy-five p. Ah, right. So we're both right. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. we were both right. Yeah, brilliant. Pot noodle, sticky rib flavored pot noodle. I didn't know that existed. That's interesting. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, move on. No, do you know what? That's a very, very good point, Mark. Very good point. Um, let's uh, okay. Let's talk about some trailers then. So, um, Noel, I'm assuming you probably didn't watch any. I have actually. I've watched a couple. Nothing, nothing amazing. Oh wasn't well, pretty... fuck me then. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> there was. It's not. There's not really been that much anyway. So, um, I I watched the Macbeth trailer. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, Macbeth's the way, like, I saw, and um, apologies if, if this sounds like being a dick, but um, I saw Kenneth Branagh do Macbeth about two years ago in a church in Manchester. Like, a Kenneth Branagh directed and performed Macbeth in a church. Yeah, you're pretty much so right, I'm pretty much sorted for Macbeth, I think. Um, <laughs> you've, got that, you've got that shit boxed off. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of feels like I've covered Macbeth. Um, Did he play Lady Macbeth as well? No, he didn't. Um, that What was the name of the woman? Oh, I can't remember the name of the woman, but I think uh, she's she's in a lot of TV stuff. But um, yeah, anyway, it was fucking, it was one of the single most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Was it Janet Matea? Um, but, you know, having two, what, sorry? Was it Janet Matea? Was it what? Janet McTeer. Janet McTeer. No, no, no. Who was it? No. Um, just hang on a second. I'll... I'll uh, 2013... Uh, Manchester International... Probably the church. Uh, directed by Rob Ashford and Kenneth Branagh. can't remember who played Lady Macbeth. She's a, she's a TV actress. She's been in quite a lot of stuff. Oh, Alex Kingston. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that that was amazing. I, I don't feel like there's there's much need for me to chase down Macbeth, but I just watched this out of curiosity, and it's Michael Fassbender, so, you know, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I'll certainly check it out, but it's not going to be a rush to the cinema job. Um, so, saw that. There was also American Ultra, um, the Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Kirsten Stewart, comedy um kirsten stewart is it kirsten stewart kristen stewart kristen stewart yeah um it looks like a kind of comedy version of a sort of jason bourne thing where you know if jason bourne was like a, a stoner who wore flannel shirts and worked in a in a kmart um it, it looks mildly it looks like a wednesday night movie to to, to borrow some uh, dude in a monkey style i think it's that's pretty movie. much exactly what mark said yeah, last week it is, yeah. oh is it yeah. really okay it's a proper Wednesday night movie. It, it reminded me a it little is. bit of, 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 of like a Pineapple Express, but doesn't look anywhere near as funny. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of that other fucking terrible um, Jesse Eisenberg. Thirty minutes, oh, minutes or less. Yeah. Less, yeah. So it's that sort of tone. It's I don't know. I'll watch it. I probably won't end up paying for it, and um, it will be um, yeah, an afterthought. I would have thought. Apart from that, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World International trailer. Um, I've never been so underwhelmed by an impending blockbuster in my life. I'm just yeah, like, I, I, I really don't care. Like, I don't. I'm not the biggest Jurassic Park fan in the world. I haven't even seen Jurassic Park three. Um, this, you know, 
the unfortunate thing is dinosaur special effects have been so co-opted by everything that dinosaurs just aren't impressive to me anymore. You know, the, the, the sci-fi movies that, that, and I mean SYFY movies that use dinosaurs, there's BBC documentaries, there's, it, they're just, there's nothing impressive about this anymore. So, yeah, I couldn't give a shit, really. Um, but that was about the, 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 the total of my trailer watching, I think. Yeah, I mean, Jurassic World's a weird one as well. I mean, it just... It, it kind of feels like there's been... It's out on Friday, and mm-hmm. it kind of feels like there's been fuck-all promotion for it. And it's a little... Like, the fact that... I think there's an embargo, but it's like no one's even, like, hinting at what they're, they're thinking. And it just... I, it feels like one of those blockbusters is going to be a straight up three out of five. Mm. Like that it just, it's, it's going to be there and it's going to be one of the forgotten ones when it comes to summer's end. I'm, I mean, like I'm going to do my OCD thing of watching all the Jurassic park films this week and I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know. I just, it's, it's an odd one. The, the premise of it's great. I don't know what they, the I don't open, you know, that's brilliant. Yeah. But it just, I'm not feeling it. I don't know what the plan is, though. Like, I mean, what's... Are they hoping that there's going to be... Like, why... Why are they doing this? Are they hoping Are they hoping to start a Jurassic Park, like, universe? Or, you know, what the fuck is the plan for this? Because I can't see another film coming out. I can see this film coming out, people forgetting about it very, very quickly, and then that being the end of that. Yeah, it's going to end up doing, essentially, what Indiana Jones did. It'll happen. Yeah. People will go and watch it. People will be mildly disappointed. And then people will just forget about it essentially. Mm. And I guess the other thing as well is, I mean, I know Ian, you said it's kind of a formative film for you. Um, sorry, not Jurassic World, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I think for me, it really isn't. And I think they're probably, that's probably why I'm not feeling very connected to it. The reason that they're probably doing it is because there's an awful lot of people out there for whom Jurassic Park was important. Uh, I'm just not one of them, so I, I can't really. There's no, there's no nostalgia there for me. Yeah, I, it, it's. I'm. That's the thing. It, it is my love for the original Jurassic Park that ha- does have me interested, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it as soon as I can. And I'm, I'm hoping for something, but I, it just, I don't know. You get a sense on Twitter by following critics and stuff about these things. And I know it's screened, but and like and and quite fairly extensively among critics. But there's just nothing. No, there's, there, no, like, there's no buzz or anything. Yeah, and and that's that's really bad because the thing is, usually, if it's good, they will at least break a little bit of cover and like just say something. Yeah. Whereas if it's bad, they just keep their mouth shut until the embargo's over. But I think that what's 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 possibly likely as well is not necessarily that it's bad, and not necessarily that it's great, but it's just it, it's just it's there, it's fine, yeah, it's and there's no right. reason to there's no reason to threaten breaking an embargo when a movie's just yeah. there and not you know if if I'd seen it and somebody was going no you can't talk about this movie and it was just like well it's fine it was just average anyway so I'm not really that bothered about talking about it <laughs> I don't know that's that's kind of what. That's what I sense from the trailer. I sense another Jurassic Park movie that will be mildly entertaining for those who watch it, but 
it won't really do much else, and it certainly won't, you know, it certainly won't spin off another another two two or three more movies after it. Well, hey, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. There's something. Mm. Oh, isn't he? <laughs> you know, it, it, like the cast. The cast is good. The cast you know, is solid, it, yeah. You know, I mean, like the kid actors are even good. You know, you got um, Ty Simpkins from um, Iron Man Three, the little kid. From Iron Man 3, it was all right. And you got uh, Nick Robinson, I think his name is, the kid from The Kings of Summer. Um, so it's like they're decent kid actors. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pratt. You know, it, it, it's a solid enough cast. You know, and it just, I love the idea of the park being open and people actually being attacked by the creatures. That's fucking fantastic. I, so, love, the, I love the idea of Bryce Dallas Howard's oily, sweaty boobs. That's the only thing that will get me in the, in the cinema first film. I'm, I'm, I'm angry that she's had a haircut for this movie. That hair is, that hair, that hair is a joy to the world, and they've, <laughs> they've cut it. Let's be honest, Bryce. Your hair's more important than you are. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> that was a bit weird. Uh... Mark, trailers. Trailers. Uh, the um, new trailer for Vacation um, with the Red Band a few weeks ago. And this one features a little bit more. They seem to be, a lot of the press for this seems to be focused around the fact that they've got Chris Hemsworth in it. <laughs> but he, he seems to be like a very much a side character. Um, does look like it's going for a lot of the sort of nudge. Eh, eh, you remember this from the other films? Hey, eh, you remember this? Do you remember this? Look, 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 they're doing it now as well. And that could get annoying very quickly, or it could make me just go, ah, this is shit, I'm actually really enjoying it. Which I have a feeling it will be that one, more than anything else. Um, The trailer for Everest, uh, the Everest movie, starring uh, John Hawkes, Jason Clarke, Josh Brolin, Jake Gyllenhaal... And a bunch of other kind of recognisable faces. It's a fucking good cast. A... Oh, I've just I've just come up with a tagline for that film. Go that on. Should go with tension is mounting. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's really <laughs> not really bad. Really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It does yeah. fucking work. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be angry when I, if I ever see the tagline. It's not. I'm gonna be like, oh, fuck you, Everest. <laughs> I'll be more angry if it is. I want my fucking money. I'm already, I'm already fuming enough of Vin Diesel not be, giving me props for fate. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, definitely the podcast that Hollywood needs to listen to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. They probably are just not fucking telling Oh, him. by the way, Mark, props for fucking tweeting The Rock and telling him he should listen to our podcast today. <laughs> Fuck, I thought, why not? He sometimes retweets stuff. <laughs> I think that's one that he'll, he'll listen to like five minutes ago. Oh, oh God, no! <laughs> what the hell is this? The idea of the Rock even settling down to listen to our podcast is hilarious. <laughs> we'll get a fucking solicitor's letter saying, "Please, <laughs> please refrain from ever mentioning Dwayne the Rock Johnson on your podcast again." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Everest. It uh, looks like it would be. It's from that kind of disaster movie, you know. You know, intense peril kind of film, uh, and it's got Jake Gyllenhaal on it. So I'll watch fucking anything with Jake Gyllenhaal in it uh, nowadays. Which moves me swiftly on to the second trailer for Southpaw. Uh, which every time I see anything about this movie, I literally just throw my wallet at things. I'm just go, just have it, just have it, because even if it's shit, I'm gonna go and watch it two or three times. 
Uh, I literally cannot fucking wait for that movie. It's the first decent Eminem song we've had in about ten fucking years as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm just just really hope that it's good. Uh, but I have a lot of faith in everybody involved. Nice. Uh, oh, is that it? Yeah, that, 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 that's it. Like I say, I've, I've had a fucking hectic week this week, so my watching has been terrible. Oh, fair enough, man. We've got a kind of eclectic list uh, this week then. So um, I watched the uh, the trailer for The Walk, uh, which has Joseph Gordon-Levitt talking like a French man. That's more like Italian. How do French people speak? Not like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that trailer, I'm guessing. <laughs> Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's Is just it? the most stereotypical. Well, you just um, pre- you just you just replace the word the with z. Z. Z walk. I'm going to I'm going to walk, walk along there. Between the twin towers. In my that's, that's black pretty, sweater. Yeah, that's pretty much how I talk, like this. Yeah. No, it's it's kind you of. Watch that really good it's documentary about me. Well, now watch shitty film. Yes. Except this one is in IMAX 3D, so you'll also throw up while watching it. It's it's just like why why would you want to watch this in IMAX 3D? It's just gonna be it's just gonna be really fucking tall, and you're gonna have a headache after and feel a bit ill. It it seems to be part two in the why does Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face look weird uh, trilogy that's happening? The first one was um, what was it called? That one that he did with Rian Johnson. Oh, uh, uh, Looper. Looper, yeah, where he was part of oh, Bruce yeah, Lewis. his face did look weird, and, then, yeah. and then there's this one where, again, his face doesn't look quite right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just... It looks CG augmented or some really yeah. bad makeup or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just... It's kind of got, like, a heist movie element to it. But then again, so did the documentary. Yeah. Um, so it just... It does totally feel like... What what is the point of this? This story was told perfectly well originally. Man on White is a very a very fucking good documentary. Yeah. So what what is the point apart from the you know the, the cinematic trickery with like showing the walk and whatnot? And then I, I, I you know I don't know. It just I'll probably it's one of those ones where I'll go and see it if there's nothing else out that week. But if there's anything else out that week that I'm slightly interested in, then I'll be seeing that instead. So, you know, um, new trailer for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which uh, looks fun. Um, kind of I'm looking forward to that being like a nice wind down at the end of the summer type thing. So it comes out like the last weekend of July. So, uh, you know, yeah. Um, Zed for Zachariah, uh, which is the new, the new film from uh, Craig Zobel, who uh, made Compliance. Um this looks really interesting, actually. Um, so it's basically Margot Robbie is uh, in this, like, pretty much the only survivor in uh, a landscape that's otherwise been irradiated, but she's kind of in this spot that appears to be relatively untouched. Um, Jiwatel Ejifa um, kind of rocks up and as a survivor, and they kind of start having a tentative relationship, but then Chris Pine turns up as well, and then it all gets a little bit, or whose motives are good, whose motives are bad, or what's going on here? Then, um, it, it, I mean, it just it, it looks interesting. It's a good cast. It look, it looks atmospheric. It look, looks really nice. And it's Margot Robbie, at like kind of playing down her looks, which is probably the right thing for her to do in her career right now 
because obviously with Harley Quinn, it's a very striking appearance. And, you know, Wolf of Wall Street and Focus, like she had quite a striking appearance. So I think it's one of those ones where like, maybe she's showing people who don't pay that much attention uh, to the films themselves. She can actually act. So uh, we'll, we'll she see. Was, she was also the character, first of all was so weak in focus she was um it's not something i'm going to mention actually because it was a couple of weeks ago when i saw it but um yeah focus was a shameful sort of female role it was it was very very weak and she was very very weak in it as well so yeah she's uh not blonde in this one so (laughs) That means she's serious. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Is yeah, that gonna but... be is that gonna be her Russell Crowe's beard? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but yeah, no, I mean it actually the, the trailer looks good. I know it's had some good word for it, so I'm looking forward to that. And um finally, uh Bridge of Spies, uh the new Spielberg film, which Bridge of Spies is such a bad title for a fucking <laughs> film. Uh, I mean it's 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 terrible. Um and um the trailer, I, I watched it this morning. I genuinely, I can't remember anything about it. it. It just, I think it should have been called what it was called for ages, which was untitled Steven Spielberg Cold War Thriller. Um, it may as well have been. It's written, it, 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 the script was at some point touched by the Coen brothers. So that's, that's somewhat interesting. Um, but I don't know, man, like I, that one's going to have to have some good review, good reviews to even get me slightly interested. And uh, that's it. I'm done. Is that the fact that, that Tom Hanks is starting to look a little bit like Walter Matthau? Tom Clancy? Tom Clancy. Tom Hanks. He is starting to work, look a bit like Walter Matthau, yes. Yeah, he, he's getting incredibly droopy in the face. 20 years till a grumpy old memory, mate. <laughs> Fuck, imagine that. Um, I went to see grumpy old men at the cinema. What the fuck happened? Why? Uh, yeah, I mean, we both went to see Police Academy 7 in the cinema, though, mate. There's something wrong with both of us, really. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So let's uh, let's move on, then. Um, so let's have a clip from uh, Electric Boogaloo, uh, the wild untold story of canon film, and then we'll get into it. Our agent Marty Baum said, look, if you guys want to just go make a film and be totally left alone, there are two new guys in town. Menachem Golden and Yoram Globus were the heavyweights. They were the George Foremans and the Muhammad Ali's of the indie market. Canon is the only company who loves cinema. Cinema is our life. Yoram Globus was the businessman behind the movie making. Where is my money? You promise and promise and promise and you're not paying. Menachem Golan was the movie maker. Menachem, I cannot do it. I'm dying. Said, you know, do it and then die. I just had in my head what a movie producer should be, and Menachem just didn't quite fit that picture. He redubbed me with an American voice, but not a voice similar to mine. A true ninja doesn't kill, he eliminates, and only for defensive purposes. He's so not ninja. I don't know, I've never seen a ninja. They were the forerunners of the Weinsteins. The difference is the Weinsteins cared about quality. Sometimes we make better films, sometimes we, we don't make such good films, but we do make films. One of my first questions was, how much money do you think you'll be spending on it? And they said, oh, probably $10 million. I think they ended up spending about $3.75 on it. 
They were considered schlockmeisters. It's schlock, but they sure do make a lot of it. The name of the game is to do, not just to blah, 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 blah. Talk about it. Everything we got would go in two piles for the two Chucks, Bronson and Norris. It could have been Wuthering Heights. Which one is for Chuck and which one is for the other Chuck? The audience wasn't prepared for the craziness. Looniness. Ninja 3 The Domination managed to take The Exorcist, a ninja movie, and combine it with Flashdance. Guys, really? I mean, that's insane. Sylvester Stallone showed up, and he pointed up to Dolph. He goes, you gave that guy lines? This is our fight. I don't want innocent people to die. I felt a little stupid doing it. Why the orangutan came to the office, Menachem's deciding whether to sign the orangutan to put him under contract. It was crazy. Talking to a monkey. This would be an epic of cinema. Blockbuster of the century. Oh, God. We are in so much trouble. And that's why everybody wants They put a stamp on pop culture. It's hard to say words canon films without laughing. At the end of the movie, I had tears in my eyes. And then Ockham, he says, Aha, I got you. I was crying because I saw my career going down the toilet and I didn't know what I was going to do next. It was almost like a bowel movement. You make a movie, it comes out, you flush it, and you move on to another one. Okay, Electric Boogaloo uh, is directed by Mark Hartley. Uh, I think it was written by him as well, if I remember correctly. That always, that always confuses me when documentaries say they're written by someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It depends on what kind of, kind of documentary you have, I suppose. But if it's it, a Talking Heads documentary, then yeah, it is a little bit like... Did, did you really... How much did you write? Yeah, yeah. Um, but... So, yeah, um, and it's got a, 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 a bunch of people in it, frankly. There's a shitload of interviewees. Uh, Golan and Globus notably uh, only appear in archive footage, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, so, basically, it's the story of Canon Film, uh, distributor. Um, it kind of rose to prominence in the 80s, chucking money about, um, giving a lot of directors um, kind of, good goes to do what they want to do uh, but they ended up losing a shitload of money and it all went wrong um, and it kind of just focuses on them spending a lot of money and the kind of the, the trash that um, got released as a result that's kind of it isn't it mm. yeah yeah okay uh, so Noel's the guest so um, we'll, we'll ask Noel first uh, what do you think of Electric Boogaloo thank you very much um yeah, I was I was really, 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 really looking forward to this, uh, which is is never a wise thing to admit, actually. But um, I've been looking forward to this film for quite a while. Uh, somebody who I know put me on to the documentary and said, "Did you know that this is uh, that this is happening?" Uh, and, and that seemed like a couple of years ago now. Um, and obviously, because of the nature of the book. That I've kind of that I've written that that's my, that's where my interest is. Um, there's you know there's a, a few of the films mentioned here in in this film uh, are covered in in Adventures in VHS. Um, so obviously I was I was really really looking forward to it. it it's been feeling like it, it's felt like it's been a long time coming as well because 
they've never been clear on their Facebook page about when the UK releases. So you'd find out it was coming out in a certain country and then you'd be like, well, Jesus, when does it come out here? So I was delighted to, to find out that it, find that it had actually, um, it had actually become available on VOD over here. So, um, yeah, highly, highly anticipated. Um, I definitely enjoyed it, but I think, uh, overall I was pretty disappointed. Um, the reason I was disappointed, I think, is it just didn't feel like it, it delved into, it, I, I didn't feel like it delved into what a lot of the good stuff might have been. So, um, it focused very heavily on Manaheim Golan, which is fine. He seems like an interesting character, but what would have been more interesting to me is all of the, is, is the story behind all of these films and how a lot of these films got made, how a lot of these films didn't get made. Um, you know, there was occasional, occasional tidbits of, of, of stuff like that, but it felt like the filmmaker just wanted to keep getting back to this guy, to keep getting back to Manaheim Golan. And the, the over, the overall message was, well, you know, this guy was a bit of a nutter and he made some shit films and he was a bit of a nutter and he made some shit films and he shouted at people and he made some shit films and he was a bit of a nutter. And you've basically got talking heads just rocking up and going and saying, oh, yeah, I remember this time that he, he turned up on set and shouted at someone. And then I remember this time where he, he said something really funny. Uh, and I remember this time where he said, oh, we're going to get an Oscar for this really shit film. And then, and then that's Manaheim. And it's like, I can only listen to you do that so many times. Tell me about why they didn't make Spider-Man. You know what I mean? It's like there's there's so much stuff there, and yet they just focus on this one guy. And, um, yeah, so I was pretty disappointed, really. Uh, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but all the time I was waiting for it to get into the stuff that I wanted, and it just never did. And I think also, just as another point, as a documentary it's not even particularly creative and in a year where I've just watched montage of heck, you know, a very creatively made documentary. Um, it just didn't feel like they, um, you know, the subject wasn't dealt with properly and the, the, the film as a documentary wasn't particularly creative. So it didn't work for me, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Mark, I'm intrigued. I, I knew Noel's opinion of it beforehand, and you guys know my opinion of it. So, um, uh, flying blind with you, what did you think? You, you just literally just watched it today, though, didn't you? I did. I stopped watching it maybe ooh, a couple of hours ago, uh, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I went into it sort of knowing, you know, nowhere near as much as Noel no knows about, about Canon, but a, a little bit, you know, it's a very recognisable uh, label, and there's a lot of films where you go... I remember that was a canon film, that was a canon film, you know, and I grew up watching, you know, a lot of, like, the early Van Damme things and things like that, and so, whereas in the documentary they do talk about, you know, oh, yeah, canon films, you know, it was like, it was when that canon film logo came on, it, it was essentially like a sign that this film was going to be shit, and it's like, yeah, not for me. When I saw that canon films logo, for me, when I was a kid, it was like, this film is going to be awesome! And it was that kind of thing. So I was really sort of looking forward to, you know, going through this. And I know we're saying the, the unmade Spider-Man movie and the 
the ridiculousness of making movies with you know Van Damme when he was caught up and essentially Stallone just fucking taking loads of money to make shit and, and all of these things as well as the you know the the, the fucking uh, the churn factory of crap that essentially uh, it, it, it was kicking out there uh, and to be honest I find it a little bit hard work um, it, it's I mean it's an hour and 45 minutes long um, and, and it felt an hour and 45 minutes long and I, I felt like essentially what they'd done was they'd made a timeline of canon films and just essentially just went right we've got a timeline of canon films who can we get to talk about it? Because this happened here, this happened here, this happened here. And if they couldn't get somebody to talk about that particular film or that particular production, they just fucking ignored it and went, oh, we're not going to talk about that then. And it, it was, it, there was so much of that. And so I was, I was, I, I was left going, I kind of want to hear about this. And it never went there. And say, like, I, I didn't, you know, you haven't gone deep enough into, into that. And, and it, it seemed to tread a lot of the same ground. As it started getting towards the end, I started it started peaking my interest again a little bit towards the end. But I, I, I to be honest, I just found it a little bit of a slog, really, uh, to get through. And it it, it pained me that cause I was I was really actually really looking forward to it, but it just felt like it 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 gave me it gave me such a, a, an overview of it, and I wanted to get a little bit fucking deeper into it rather than just be this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and this happened and then this happened and then they closed but I want to know why that happened not just that it happened I want to know why and I want to know how it happened so I, I, I'll i be honest I, if I'd have seen this at a cinema and I'd have paid a tenancy at a cinema I'd have been fucking pissed off because it felt a little bit to me to be honest like a uh, a documentary that should have been on like a special feature on an Arrow release or something like that yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because obviously, like Mark Hartley with his um, past couple of documentaries has got a, a lot of um, kind of got a lot of heat. Um, you know, not quite Hollywood was a big deal a few years back in in the kind of the, the yeah. film scene. And what was the other one he did? Um, Shaggy Maidens Unleashed. Shaggy Maidens Unleashed, which I I, I didn't actually um, get to. Um, the thing is, I, I enjoyed this, but I think I've got the least grounding in, in canon out of all of us. But it does, talking about it and thinking on it, it does slightly feel like it was maybe slightly more a, a director for hire job. Like did, like some a sub producer wanted to make a film about canon films and Mark Hartley was just like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in canon film. Why not? In, instead of something that it kind of felt like he absolutely needed to do. Um, whereas Not Quite Hollywood, it kind of feels like you're shining a light on a lot of stuff that's really not known, and you, you could dig up a lot of interesting stories about that. Whereas Canon, a lot of it is known, but as well as that, they've kind of just gone for... Yeah, yeah like Noel said, yeah, they chucked a bunch of money around, and they did ridiculous things. It's one of the great you know, about Not Quite Hollywood was the fact that you could sit there with a fucking pad and write down yeah. all these films. Whereas what this what what this had a, I'm sorry I just to interject here, but it's, I'll, I'll be quick, I promise you. What this seemed to do is, is instead of you, you you were there with a the pad going, right, I'm going to write this down, and it'd go, ah, you're in the middle of this movie, you go, right, write that movie down, and it was shit, and you're going, all right, <laughs> you're write it down then, right? Ah, and it's terrible, <laughs> it's awful. 
fuck, but is it terrible and awful like kickbox is terrible and awful, or is it terrible and awful like terrible and fucking? Do you know what? I'm gonna put the fucking pad down. Well, I don't, I mean, I'll slightly, slightly disagree with that because I watched it and like one moment where I think I actually WhatsApp to you guys about Ninja Free: The Domination. Yeah. I've heard of that film, never knew much about it. I want to watch the fuck out of that when I'm pissed one night now. Mm. I, I don't blame you on Ninja 3 The Domination, because I've, I've seen the ninja movies when I was a kid, and they are a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I, the thing is, though, is what like what my, that's that's you, Ian, looking at it, and you, you saying, I really want to watch Ninja 3 The Domination one night when I'm pissed. That doesn't change the fact that the documentary is largely sort of negative towards everything. Like, oh, it, it, there's not, it, there's it, not much, it's not much in the documentary where they actually say, but you know what, with this one, they really fucking pulled it out of the bag and it's oh, a great movie and everybody should see yeah. it. No, no, that's... That, do you know what it, I mean? Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? Fair enough. They don't. They don't actually sell it like Ninja. Do- Ninja Three: The Domination is a good film. No, yeah, you're, I mean, you're they, quite they, right. You're they quite sell, right. They, they definitely. They definitely sell Ninja Three: The Domination in that film to people like you and I. Mm. But you know, after we've seen some of the clips of it, and we go, "Fucking hell, amazing!" It combines elements of The Exorcist with the Ninja movie and yada 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 yada. After that, they then sort of go, "Yeah, but it was also it was pretty terrible, and nobody really liked it, and nobody nobody could accept a woman sort of thing." It didn't. It didn't. It doesn't celebrate. It doesn't go. Well, fucking. It was really daring for them to actually put a woman in this role and do this type of thing with them. It was really forward thinking. There are occasions in the movie where they do talk about things like, you know, in the closing fucking credits, they talk about. Uh, I forget what it is now, but in the closing credits, they talk about how. Oh yeah, well, if it wasn't for Canon Films, then you know, then this or Canon Films was really important because of this. It's like. Fucking tell me about that in the documentary. Like, Actually, that, tell me how they, tell me how they they impacted the industry. Tell me how Canon movies was so important to uh, you know the, the home video revolution is happening. Yeah, precursor to Miramax. That's exactly it, Mark. Yeah. Um, so they talk about they talk about that stuff, but what they don't get into is you know the industry the the, the Hollywood machine was terrified. And I know this is me asking for something very specific that I want, but. You know, the Hollywood machine was very terrified of home video, was terrified of, of, of VHS and Betamax and what that could potentially do to their bottom line. Like Troma, there were people out there like Canon that saw an opportunity and they were like, let us just flood the market with stuff because people want content. But home so video is not how did... single time. Not once, no, not once. And, and, and you know what? All the movies that I've... All the Canon movies that I've seen, I watched on VHS and I would bet a fucking penny to a pound that the majority of people out there did have seen oh, them we, through we, that form. So know, why did they talk about how Canon uh, impacted the industry? Uh, I, just, I, just, I just want to say, um, to be honest, I'm going to let you guys talk. Like, I'm not going to interject too much because you guys are, are, way, are being way more interesting about this film than <laughs> I, I can be. So no, gen- genuinely, because you've got more grounding in the actual subject matter. Well, I would just say, going back to Noel's point there about um, it not being about the love of the thing, there's a notable lack of people from younger, like younger generations saying, yeah. I watched these films and I was actually influenced to make films. Yes. And, you know, and there, I, there will be people like that. I mean, yeah, no. there would be. There would You're be. So people like James Gunn and stuff like that are like, you know, why, why are the, they not? The guys behind the guest or your next, yeah. like those yeah. types of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I mean, things, you know. 
things like the the American Ninja movies, um, and like I said, the um, you know the the Ninja movies, um, Kickboxer and Bloodsport and films like this. These were uh, you know even Electric Boogaloo, you know these kind of films. These were like these were films that found more of their uh, audience on home video. Uh, you know, I fuck. I, I don't even think Kickbox was even released in a cinema up to a wide. What is it? Yet it was a film that I'm guessing we all saw when we were when we were kids, all on home video, and it's yeah. not mentioned once. No, it's It is mentioned once. A woman burns her copy of a film she was in. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. It's like. Yeah. Hang on a minute, do you know what a better thing to do rather than keeping that for all of these years and then bringing it there to burn? That's fucking you're gonna weird. S- yeah. Just you're going to struggle to set... You're gonna, yeah, sell it to me. You're going <laughs> to struggle to set fire to a plastic VHS case and even if you manage to do it, that shit's going to drip all over you yeah, and that, it's going to end gonna up with a trip to A&E. Yeah, so don't you know, do that. And, and let's face it, she looked like there was about as much plastic in her as there was oh, in yeah. that VHS. So that could have just gone up fucking... I, I, I think the reason why it cut there is because she's now dead. That just all... Do you know what? Blow up. She that moment, it. that moment, I noticed there was quite a harsh edit yeah. where she did that and then suddenly, like, really weirdly just cut to something else. <laughs> and it was almost like a frame later she started screaming in agony or just went <laughs> on a massive diatribe or something. Yeah, that would have been the effect of screaming in agony or threw it on the floor and took a shit on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it was but on the negative. On the negativity. Sorry, go on. Go yeah, on. You know, it, there is a, there is some really, you know, good films. Not just really well thought of films. There's some really good films. You know, and they they talk for a little bit um, about Runaway Train. Runaway Train. I'm pretty sure was a was an Oscar nominated film. Um, Runaway Train. Yeah, but they they, a, they talk very very briefly about it, and then they go, it. yeah, but it kind of what. They kind of talk about it, but then they very quickly rubbish it and go, oh, yeah, well, this is just because uh, Golan Globus dived in um, dived in and, and sort of attached themselves to this film very quickly, so it kind of isn't a canon film anyway. Yeah, it, If it, I remember rightly, yeah, they yeah, do that. And they essentially it's, it's say, oh, this film was let down by the fact that it was a canon film. Mm, yeah. Uh, and, it, 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 and they keep going back... Even even with the there's one guy that they keep going back to who is I think he was CEO of MGM UA maybe at one point. Oh, so uh, Yablans. Frank Yablans, Yablans. Yeah, Yablans. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep going back to him, and it's like, look, you had a relationship with Canon Films. That relationship didn't work out. You feel burned by that relationship. It's valuable to have you in this documentary to talk about what that relationship was early on. But then they keep going back to him. After the after this, when Canon are releasing other films, so every time they talk about I don't know He Man and the Masters of the Universe, they'll go back to him and he'll go, oh yeah, it was a pile of shit that movie. I'm so glad that I didn't make that movie. But it's like, listen, mate, your part of the story's over. If you're just going to shit on every movie that that comes up from now, I don't really want to hear your opinion because <laughs> you know he's 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 talking negatively because he had a bad experience with Canon. But you know that's not, um, it, and it also it makes me wonder. Would this film have been so negative towards Canon uh, films had it been made With, uh, a year yeah. a year later? Now that Manaheim Golan died, so um, you know that would it have been? I don't know. Certainly, people like this Yablans 
guy might not have been so damning of of uh, of canon films had he not um but yeah it, it's it, it continues to go back to the negative and, and and to get back to the not what the film is but what it was missing um you know more like mark said about the the why and the how um it touches on things like oh you know canon films were kind of frowned upon by hollywood and it's like well tell me more about that tell me why tell me who frowned upon it speak to those people were they worried were they scared of canon were they worried about canon did they not give a shit about canon did they not really notice it um you know that type of thing this film if you look at the actual title of the film electric boogaloo the wild untold story of canon films it's not. No. It's not particularly wild. It doesn't tell us anything specific about the making of certain canon films. It's not the unsold. It's not the untold story of canon films. It's kind of a biography about Mannerheim Golan with a little bit about um, Joram Globus or whatever his name is, um, and a bit about some of the films that they covered. Uh, you know, some of the temple things and 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 pretty much how they f- fucked everything up. It, 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 what I was expecting was talking about being on set of, of He-Man and all the different things that went on and, you know, <clears throat> what happened with, for fuck's sake, one of the most interesting cases, surely, in, particularly in today's market, one of the most interesting cases has to be Spider-Man. They don't even mention it. The poster, you know, the, the promotional poster pops up in the background once Somebody or twice. Mentions it, they uh, don't mention it. Dudikov mentions it once, don't they? Mm-hmm. Dudikoff oh, yeah, because he said he oh, was yeah. going to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. like, do you know what? Tell that fucking story. Tell yeah. that Michael Dudikoff might have been Spider-Man story, because yeah. that's amazing. There is a... And, and I'm dying. I've I've looked long and hard for this for many years, because I'm starting... It's one of those things I'm starting to believe that I made up, but um, Stan Lee had a, um, a regular column in Marvel Comics when I was a, well, when I was a kid. I don't know. He may, he may still have. Or Stan the Soapbox. Um, and it was basically every month with every sort of, you know, every release of, of comics that came out, it'd just be Stanley just sort of saying, uh, you know, great things happening in Marvel Universe, we've got this happening and that happening and stuff like that. There was one particular um, month where Stanley was on set at, at, at the new Spider-Man, new Spider-Man movie. I'm on set at the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and he was, he was talking about sort of, you know, the actors that he had lined up and stuff like that. And I feel this is the bit that i think i might have made up it feels like michael bean might have been spider-man at one point as well and it's like you know even if that's not the case tell me who was attached tell me you know what was going on with it what went right with it what went wrong with it why didn't it actually happen was it problems with the money or you know could you could you not lock certain effects down or you know the, the very idea that a, a studio like Canon Films that was making these terrible movies had the license to fucking Spider-Man and He-Man. How did that come about? How did that happen? That's crazy. Tell me about that, please. That's why I'm watching this documentary. Well, they don't even you mention... know, to get the wild untold story of why all this shit happened. They don't even mention the fact that um, the, um, the talk about Cyborg, but don't mention the fact that the the sets that they use for Cyborg were the abandoned sets for yes. um, the, the He-Man sequel. Yeah. That's yeah. not even mentioned yet. They talk about Cyborg for a, a good couple of minutes, but they don't, that and never that's, gets that's mentioned. That's kind of one of the yeah. That's kind of one of the autumn. That's one of the sort of 
that's one of the facts about Cyborg that, that film fans kind of, you know, people will know and people will reference. It's like, you need to put that shit in because that's fucking, that's a really interesting piece of information. But that's, that's exactly the type of thing, you know, that's missing. And there's, there's occasional moments where, um, you know, they don't, don't talk about what He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is in the wider context and therefore you don't get to find out how they managed to secure that deal because obviously He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was fucking massive around that time in terms of in terms of um, uh, in terms of how many toys it was it was selling and in terms of how many people were watching the TV series I remember it back then I was desperate for a He-Man movie and then when it happened yes everybody was slightly disappointed and it felt like it was a little bit after the fact but the fact that canon films got the rights to that i need to know how that happened like i need to know who you know who entrusted he-man and the masters of the universe to to, to canon you get the you get the occasional moment where you know there's one moment where they say sylvester stallone was on set and he's like he points at um he points at what's his face and, and says you gave that golf longer he's like you gave that guy lines Give me more of that. That's brilliant. Like yeah. I want that. I mean, I, 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 that, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Master Universe was the first movie I saw at the cinema. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I was fucking. I was thinking I was like five. I was a huge uh, He-Man fan at like five years old, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the first uh, film I saw at the cinema. But I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm being unfair. Um, some of this stuff is in there. The stuff about Frank Langella's mask and. You know stuff like the the, the Sylvester Stallone. Like there is bits of stuff in there, but they then just keep dropping back to Manaheim Golan and um, you know and and what a terrible director he was and how he was a salesperson, he was, but he wasn't a businessman. Yeah, and and I just it just felt like there's it felt like you could you know in a world where people are making documentaries about superhero movies that didn't happen. Or movies that didn't happen, Jodorowsky's Dune, or uh, you know the Superman, um, the Superman project that was coming out. Uh, that, uh, what's the other one? There's another one. Oh, the the one about the Justice League, um, Justice League movie that was oh, supposed to be directed Miller one. by yeah, George yeah. Miller. You know, there's a load of this stuff happening. Somebody's going to make a movie about the unmade Spider-Man film and what went wrong with that at some point. Um, you know, and it just feels like. That is a really rich area to tap into. I love hearing about stuff like that. You know, films that could have been and films that went wrong at the last minute. And did they ever shoot any footage of a Spider-Man movie? Did they ever, you know, fucking that's I was hoping not just for Spider-Man, but I think for a billion different films, you could really get into that type of stuff. And um, it just really didn't feel like they, they did. Yeah, that, that was that was my feeling. I, I I just felt it was it was just lacking for me to be honest. I mean, too, I, too long I, as well. I I mean, I'll just pipe up and say that um, you know, because I didn't know a lot of these stuff, like a lot of this stuff anyway. I got quite a bit out of it just from a information point of view. But it, it, it I I agree. It constantly going back to oh well, that was Golden Globus. They were nuts kind of things and I mean I think they showed that one shot of them in those tracksuits at Cannes maybe like three or four times mm. yeah. and it, it, it's just you, you do get the point and mm. instead of spending the time on 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 them yeah 
maybe have some more stories. I mean, that, that timeline thing you mentioned, Mark, I mean, that's interesting. It's literally, it's like chronologically going through the big films and maybe yeah. doing like two or three minutes a piece on them and then just moving on. And that's a, and then every now and then cutting back to Golden Globus being mad. And that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Talking about it actually makes me feel less kind towards it. But I enjoyed watching it while it was on, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I think I did, actually. I think I I actually... It doesn't sound like it. I think I enjoyed watching it while it was on. And, you know, in the same way that I will enjoy watching a bunch of clips from movies like this uh, and people talking about movies like this, it's just... In terms of the actual subject matter, I wish they'd gone deeper. Um, and if they weren't going to go deeper, I would wish that as a documentary film, they could come up with displaying all of this stuff in a slightly more interesting way than just talking head clip, talking head clip, talking head clip. Because that's... Yeah. I mean, even we watched, we, we all watched together uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Euro Crime. Um, yeah. And yeah. that was that was I mean that am I am I make, make, make me this wrong? That was a long film, wasn't it? Um, two and a yeah. half hours. Or so. Two and a half hours, and that yeah. was it's so much more entertaining. But maybe maybe that's kind of the problem as well. And you know what what uh, Ian's kind of touched upon as well already is that I remember when we were watching Eurocrime, you know, I immediately went out afterwards and started hunting down certain Eurocrime movies and stuff but I remember when we were watching watching Eurocrime for the first time you felt like your your eyes were being opened to a whole world of stuff that you you didn't know about yeah yeah so maybe maybe having some experience of um canon films in this case damages the documentary for you because you're like yeah i've seen invasion usa i don't need you to show me a bunch of clips from it i need you to tell me about you know the how and the why of, of it being made so i don't know yeah i genuinely think that could be the case like yeah, it, it, it could be yeah that, and then the then the thing is the people who are going to want to watch this film are the, are the people like yourselves who already know all this shit like yeah. so it's kind of like well you know, are you actually fulfilling what your target audience wants, or are you just completely preaching to the converted but doing it in a way that isn't interesting to them? Um, well, shit, the energy level seems to have dipped pretty severely. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on this watch. I would say definitely not shit for me. Um, but I, you know, it sounds like it might that might change. Frankly. <laughs> Uh, I'm on a. Uh, I don't know. I want to feel mean enough to call it shit or touching cloth. I I, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have to go shit because to be honest, it, it it dragged for me. It really did. Right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go touching cloth on it just purely because um, I did kind of I did sort of half enjoy it while I was watching it. Ultimately, it was massively disappointing, but I did kind of enjoy it while I was watching it. Um, but at the same time, from a filmmaking perspective, I don't think it was done very well. So, uh, you know, it wasn't done very well. It wasn't what I wanted it to be, and it was disappointing. However, I kind of enjoyed it while I was watching it. So to me, yeah, I guess it's, it's touching cloth. Okay. No, fair enough. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we're going to uh, get some... Uh 
promo stuff from uh, other podcasts. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some what we watched. And we are back with some what we watched. And uh, uh, I suppose Noel went first last time. So, Mark, I'll, I'll throw it to you first off this time. Go on. Well, what I, I've, I've only got um, really one that I actually probably want to talk about. Like I say, I've had a really insanely busy week. Um, and following on from San Andreas last week, um, myself and Bex watched, because uh, she'd never seen them before, uh, 2012, because we were on a bit of a disaster movie, that kind of big fucking, you know, CGI-laden disaster movie kick. Watch 2012, which I think I've spoken about on the podcast before. Um, It's stupid, it's dumb, but I could fucking just sit and just have it on, and it just kind of, just, we go, yeah, this is on. It's one of those films I can quite easily watch, even though it is fucking like two and a half hours long. And then Death Tomorrow, which I think is actually a genuinely decent um, blockbuster um, disaster movie. I watched that as well. Uh, Like I say, still... I still think that's actually a good movie, really. Um, but the one that I do want to talk about is a movie that you guys um, actually reviewed on the show uh, without me because I couldn't quite get to Manchester in time for it. Uh, it follows. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, okay. Which you know, as um, <laughs> this will be interesting. No, saying uh, I think it was actually off camera earlier. Um, off camera, off mic earlier. That uh, it's one of those the buzz kind of indie horror movies that we get every kind of quarter now, every three months, there's a new buzz in the horror movie. Um, you Previously, we had Spring very recently, which all three of us watched, and all three of us reviewed, and all three of us actually really quite liked. Uh, and it, that was one of the, the rare occurrences where it turned out to be good. You know, Last year, uh, we had the poisonous shit was the, the Babadook. Um, and, you know, It Follows kind of came out. Everyone said it was amazing. Uh, you guys went and watched it and said, it's shit. And so I was like, oh, right, fuck, everyone says this is great. So went into it going, right, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, interested to see what I get out of it. Um, and then the film starts out with uh, a, a girl running out of a house in her underwear and a pair of heels. And immediately I thought, a pair of heels? Really? That's weird. And then it, literally for the first five minutes, it's either women in their underwear or in... Um, swimwear or whatever and that kind of that kind of continues throughout the film really you know there's a lot of you know semi clad young women on display in this film and there's a lot of naked people where you're going I don't understand why that person's naked um you know the premise of it follows is it it, it's a fucking strange premise because the idea I'm guessing is you have sex right and then this essential presence then starts following you to try and kill you. And then, but if you have sex, it passes it on, and then that presence no longer is following you; it's following that person. But if it kills that person, it then comes back onto you. That's kind of what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. So, in a way, I suppose that's kind of saying, you know, it, it, it's in a loose way. It's the dangers of um, casual sex. But on the flip side, it's kind of... But hang on a minute. It's a little bit like if people were more slutty and had more casual sex, this fucking thing just wouldn't catch up with people. It'd just keep them up and go, Seriously, you've had sex? I'm going to kill... Fucking hell. Try it. Fuck's sake. Why is everyone so freaking promiscuous? And that's what it is. So the moral of the story is, just be fucking slutty, and it won't catch you. And, and, and that's a fucking terrible fucking story to tell people. And 
Everybody was so fucking whiny in it. The lead girl who was um, uh, Makia uh, Munro, who, who was very good in The Guest, was just so fucking dour. I don't understand who the other people were. One of them was her sister. One of them was a childhood friend who wanted to fuck her, but was friends with her sister, who seemed to have a drinking problem that nobody mentioned. Um, and then there was just a random girl who all she did was seem to eat crisps and not really get what was going on. And then there's the the attractive guy from across the road who, who has who has a car that he's like he's cleaning and all this, and it's his hot car. And it's like no, it's a fucking station wagon. Hang on a minute, why is everyone's parents an alcoholic in this movie? What is going on? It's it's really really shit. It's I've been, I've been, a, I've been a little bit in, in, in like wanting to rewatch this. Um, to be honest, just to see if I have the same reaction out of it. But it just, yeah. I mean, it was, it was like a wet fart when we went to see it in the cinema. No, I mean, I remember, man, like just how not into it the whole room mm. seemed to be. Yeah, yeah. And everybody could like coming out of the the screening afterwards. You could hear sort of. People, like, there was a couple of people that were just like, well, that was fucking shit, wasn't it? So, it, it, yeah. it was. I mean, there's a couple of supposed jumps. There's also a ridiculously convoluted, all right, you know, when you shot it in the face earlier, it didn't die. Yeah, I got a fucking great idea. What? Yeah. We're going to go to a swimming pool, right? And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it, but, you know, all spoilers all the time, right? And you're going to get in the swimming pool, right? Right? You're going to get in the swimming pool, right? And then when it gets in the swimming pool with you, you fucking rush out and we're going to throw a lot of electrical equipment in it. I was talking to um, Emily, who is the professor of film and media uh, at Manchester Metropolitan University that I work with on some stuff. And she like she specializes in horror um, and she'd been to see it follows. And I was like, right, come on, tell me what you think. Like, am I alone here? Are you one of them? Are you one of them? And she was like, so we were talking about the ending. I was talking about the fact that, you know, I didn't like that whole uh, swimming pool situation. Uh, but I had read recently that the director suggested that um, it was pretend, it was it was the type of thing that kids in that situation would do, having grown up on horror movies and stuff like that. And it was kind of him pitching it that way. Mm. Um, she said what the sensible thing to do would have been would be to either get some paint um, or to get a um, <laughs> yeah. to get some paint or to get a uh, what's it a thingy gun a spray tan gun yeah. uh, and then you'd know where it was and it'd be fine so it wouldn't matter that nobody could see it because everybody could see it because it'd be there so if that if the thinking behind putting it in the water was so that it could take some sort of shape that people could see so people could do stuff to it then you know chuck some fucking paint at it. Um, which I thought was interesting, but it's weird because it seems like, and where I was going to go with this is, is it seems like some people out there say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's vague with the rules and that's intentional and you just got to, you know, that that's intentional because it wants you to, to actually use your brain for once and not be spoon fed at everything and stuff like that. And then there's people out there that perhaps are slightly more like us and they go, well, it doesn't deal with its own rules very well, and it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I don't want to be spoon-fed, I just want things to make sense and be interesting and, you know, have some sort of 
explanation as to why sex does what it does in this film. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, I think basically what it comes down to is you are, you are either, you are either enjoying the, the mock John Carpenter aesthetic enough that you forgive that stuff or you, that mock John Carpenter aesthetic bugs you and you go, why is this film trying to be this and not doing it very well? Yeah, I, I, I was very, very much just let down with that. I just thought it was, I don't understand what, what people saw that they thought was, was, oh, it's amazing, it's so freaky. Is it really? Well, then fucking horror is fucked. That's the other problem. Like a lot of the pre- a lot of the praise for it seems to be people saying that it's actually that, oh god, it's terrifying. It's really scary, and it's really you know, it had me on the edge of my seat, and it was really intense. And I was like, I'm I'm not like I'm not being a dick about this. I really do not get that at yeah. all. I, I don't know what you're referring to. I mean, the, the, the thing is, the the concept of it of of something stalking you constantly, just going in a straight line until it kind of basically gets at you is theoretically a scary concept that like a, yeah. a force that will not stop until it gets you but it's just the fact that there are so many ways in which you can get away from it yeah. and i mean like the big thing for me the big 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 thing for me i just don't feel it's almost like people are actively ignoring it just because they don't want to consider it because then it will poke holes in their precious fucking film it's a, it can it can look like anyone. What's it gonna look like? Like the first time it comes after her, crazy old cat lady. Mm. Yeah. Just look. Smart. Just I don't look like one of her friends. Yeah. Yeah. Or an attractive man that she might want to talk to and be yeah. near. Or average person. No. Yeah. Crazy cat lady. And then at the end, it's like. What does it look like? I don't want to tell you. Okay, it's your rapey dad. Right, it can look like anyone, and it's looking like your rapey dad. And also as well, why did at one point we have to have the big black spaces where I should be? On one of them. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, there's like a big giant man, he had no eyes, a big black space where the eyes should be instead, and it's a bit like, oh really, we're still doing that? Yeah, we're still doing that. There was one scare that I thought was good in that film. It's when... um, I think she's like in her room or in a friend's room and then it just comes out of her cupboard. I think it was, or like um, the doors open, it just comes out of some other room. Or yeah. so. I, I, I thought that was pretty good, but yeah. literally beyond that, that fucking film, it just, and again, it's one where shitload of hype, shitload of hype comes out for after the first weekend. No one's talking about it. Yeah. It's just, it's done. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's it. That's all I had to talk about that film. To be honest, like I say, I haven't haven't really watched much this this week. Uh, I will rectify that next week. Okay, Noel, go. Uh, I'll just blast through mine. Um, first thing is uh, the Gambler. Uh, Rupert Wyatt's uh, directed Mark Wahlberg starring movie. Uh, much like Mark with um, with Southpaw. Um, I'm. I'll watch anything with Mark Wahlberg in. I fucking love Mark Wahlberg. I, I and I think this this film shows just why. Um, I really shouldn't have enjoyed this movie as much as I did. I really shouldn't have liked it as much as I did. It, it sort of. Um, it has stuff in it that's in in someone else's hands could be 
<coughs> excuse me, corny or ridiculous or just dislikable. Um, some of the dialogue in it is is a bit poor and it's it's typical sort of like yeah people don't talk like that uh stuff um you know the way you've got sort of um you've got gangsters in there that are just talking like uh like they they just finished a fucking a master's degree it's you know people don't talk like that however because um, because it's Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg in the middle of it, and, and I'm kind of enjoying being around him. I'm fine with it. Um, also, Mark Wahlberg in this movie is a novelist and university professor, uh, which is ridiculous in itself. Um, and then there's the fact that his character in it is kind of a dick. Um, yeah. He is horrible to his mother, uh, who eventually lines up to be the next person to give him a, a load of money, which he immediately pisses up the wall. He borrows money from gangsters, which he immediately pisses up the wall. He's digging his own grave, and he doesn't care. He's a complete narcissist who doesn't care about anyone and is happy to put other people's lives in danger if they'll give him some more money so that he can blow it in, 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 you know, in, in, a, in a casino within, within minutes on the turn of a card. Um, and yet... Somehow you kind of root for him, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's a ridiculous it's a ridiculous film, um, but I really really enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. Um, it looks decent. Um, you could accuse it of being a bit overstylized in parts, but it looked good. Soundtrack is great. Um, Mark Wahlberg is just one of my favorite actors. I fucking love that guy. Um, and yeah. I, definite recommend it was a it was a five-star movie for me but but only on a very personal level it's like i watched it and thought i know i shouldn't like this movie as much as i do i know a lot of people won't like this much this as much as i do but fuck it i'm having a great time so um yeah excellent movie um, i guess you, 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 you you've both seen this haven't you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm guessing you weren't as excited about it oh no it's all right <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 great. Um, I, I I just I just really liked his running at the end. Yeah, he's he's got very special running. He runs for so long. <laughs> he he runs he runs so much that running no longer has meaning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> running doesn't exist uh, anymore because Mark Wahlberg ran for so long. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I watched was uh, let's pull up the year of it. Should I pull up the year of it? Yeah, so Robert Altman's Three Women. Um, where is it? Three Women. 1977. Uh, yeah, so Robert Altman's Three Women um, stars uh, Shelley Duvall uh, and also Sissy Spacek because, hey, why have one weird-looking girl in a movie when you can have two? <laughs> um, so Shelley Duvall, uh, Sissy Spacek, and Janice Rule. uh who is the mother of Jar Rule? Not really, but wouldn't it be awesome if she was? Um, yeah. All in a movie about uh, about three women. Uh, so they are the titular three women, and the movie is basically um, Sissy Spacek is a very shy, uh, very Carrie-like actually uh, kind of character. She's uh, very sort of um, wholesome and homely, uh, and she. Uh, gets a job working at a spa for like really old people with 
injuries and stuff. Uh, and when she goes there, she meets um, Shelley Duvall's character, who is called Millie. Um, and, you know, she Millie is charged with showing uh, Sissy SpaceX character Pinky uh, around and sort of... Um, you know, get to get to know get to know the ropes, and um, as she's doing that, sort of uh, Pinky starts to really become very enamoured with uh, with Millie. Um, she she really kind of looks up to her, um, and the thing is, is it's kind of just what Millie needs because Millie is, um, you know, how irritating um, Shelley Duvall is in The Shining. She's kind of. She's kind of that kind of person in this as well. Um, she talks incessantly and nobody listens to her. Um, so she's she, she's basically, she'll be talking about recipes that she's got or parties that she's been to um, or, you know, food that she's made and exactly how she made it. And there will literally be people walking two steps in front of her who are completely oblivious to what she's saying. Um <laughs> She's very prissy. She's very she's very focused on herself and how you know how attractive her hair is and how beautiful her dresses are and she's desperate for a man. She she she's craving attention all the time and nobody wants to give it to her because everybody just thinks she's a dick. And then all of a sudden this character comes along, um, Pinky, as I say, played by Sissy Spacek, and she just she really looks up to her and wants to be her. And um, she ends up moving in. They end up moving in together. Um, and more of that sort of relationship uh, comes out. Obviously, the relationship starts to sour a little bit, and I'll, without spoiling it too much, I'll say that the plot gets very single white female for anybody who knows um, <laughs> that particular movie. Um, so, yeah, the plot gets very single white female, um, but obviously it's a Robert Altman movie, and it's from the 1970s, so it's done with a lot more... Um, pace and thought and you know everything isn't sort of broadcast it's very sort of uh, it's very delicately done um the third woman uh who i haven't mentioned very much uh played by janice rule um she she comes into the story a lot more as it goes on but it's really more about uh for the majority of the film it's really more about the relationship between shelly deval and sissy spacek um and it's excellent it's really really good uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's the thing is, is so often, re- so often recently, I've kind of just because I've been tired and because the thing's been going on with work and you know you get Charlie to bed and you, you, I kind of just want to sit down and watch something stupid. It's very rare nowadays that I'll sit down and I'll go, I want to watch something. I want to watch something dark and challenging. Uh, it just doesn't happen as much as it used to. Uh, but last night I just thought to myself I want to watch something dark and challenging what have I got Um, and I remembered getting hold of a copy of this film probably about a year ago after I bought a book called House of Psychotic Women uh, which is a fab press book that Claire bought for me for my birthday I think um, which is all about sort of you know female neurosis in films and stuff like that Um, and so it's basically been sat um, on my shelf let's say uh, for, for quite a while since then um, so I sat down last night and I was like I want to watch something dark and challenging right I've got that Robert Altman movie Three Women um, I don't know too much about it whack it on and it was exactly what I needed it was dark it was challenging it was uh, incredibly engaging and I, I, I yeah, definitely recommend it um, 
Very quick one, Prince, Sign of the Times. Uh, as I mentioned before, I was up late. Sign of the Times came on in HD, and it was absolutely fantastic. Not much point talking about it. There's a bit of a narrative in there, but for, to be fair, it's a, it's a concert movie, and uh, as well you know, Mark. Um, it's, it's well worth watching if you like Prince. Um, the one really thing is. I did want to mention... It really fucking is, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a master at work. So... Um, the one thing I really did want to mention, though, uh, but I'll be quick because I know we're, we're kind of running out of time, but um, today I watched Big Hero 6, and I wasn't expecting too much from Big Hero 6. I wanted a Sunday afternoon family. Charlie had gone down for a nap, and I knew I had a couple of hours, and I just wanted a sort of Sunday afternoon uh, family movie, and you know I've had this knocking about for a while, so I thought, yeah, I'll give this a spin. So I wasn't expecting too much from it. I knew it was vaguely superhero-y. Um, but I fucking loved it. I can't tell you how much I loved this film. Like, I, it, it really, really blew me away. First off, out and out, it's fucking gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. The the idea of just sort of smashing together San Francisco and Tokyo sounds a bit cheap and, and 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 tacky on paper, but it really works quite well, and they've obviously worked very hard at it. I think the whole aesthetic of the film is is fantastic, and the detail um, in a lot of it is just really really beautiful. Um, when it's got the action set pieces, they work really well, and it's not just smashing buildings up, uh, which is great. Um, the the bad guy in it looks fantastic and he's really menacing and he's got this um, you know I'm sure everybody listening to this will, will have seen this movie by now but obviously the main character has developed this sort of nanobot technology where you've got all these millions of tiny robots all working together uh, in a sort of almost like a sort of T-1000-esque sort of liquid form um, and it just looks great It look, the way they've done that looks fantastic so you know it's exciting when it needs to be it's funny when it needs to be. It's absolutely beautiful to look at. Um, it has a plot, which is amazing. Like, you know, having a superhero movie with a, with a decent plot after the Avengers is... is fun, oh, Sorry, after Avengers Age of Ultron is, is, is fucking awesome to me. Um, but I think the, the thing that struck me the most about it was just the some of the more emotional stuff. The... Um, you know what's going on with the, the 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 lead character in it i really really bought into it and i really really felt for him and <clears throat> you know I won't, I won't lie to you it choked me up on a couple of occasions and the the one line that um the character baymax has to the to the main character whose, whose name escapes me at the moment hero. Uh, oh, hero yeah um the one line that baymax delivers to hero just at the end let's say i, oh, I won't give yeah, it away where it becomes clear to me when I'm watching it, when he delivers that line, something becomes clear to me about right. Actually, this 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 character of Baymax that I've come to kind of like, there's more to him. The film is suggesting that there is. I hope this isn't too spoilery, but I'm going to say it. So, the film suggests that you know there's an element of his brother in there, and just the the moment where he says, you know, I'll, I'll always be with you. It's like oh shit that fucking right well that's just hit me really hard and now i'm in tears so thank you very much <laughs> um honest to god I, i'm 
blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. I fucking love it. it it's I, it's one of those movies, and this doesn't happen all the time, but it's one of those movies that while I was watching it, I was thinking I can't wait to rewatch this, just just because it, it it's that good. Um, so you know, if I'm looking forward to a rewatch while I'm watching a movie, that's usually a good sign. Yeah, um, yeah I will be buying it on. I will be buying it on Blu-ray. It will be within my. It will be in my hundred club. It, it was, and I can't wait till Charlie's old enough to watch it with me. Because yeah, brilliant film, loved it. Nice. Uh, and that's me. Cool. Uh, go on then, Ian. Fire off some yards. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, I went out to the cinema yesterday and um, I checked out Spy, which uh, on last week's show I was slightly pleading with Mark if we could review it, but um, Electro Boogaloo did come along, so we did agree Electro Boogaloo, if, if, that was, if that was about, then we would watch that. So, you know, it's all good. I went to see Spy anyway. Latest film from Paul Feig, director of uh, Bridesmaids, uh, The Heat, creator of Freaks and Geeks, uh, director of the Ghostbusters uh, reboot next year. And uh, he's with Melissa McCarthy again. She plays um, the anyone, kind of the... Did anyone hear the, you know, the Ghostbusters movie? Yeah. That's coming out next year. Did anyone hear the yeah. cast of female cast in it? Oh, right, I see. That's fucking news to me, that. I don't know why I yeah. mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I well, I'm, I, I I will stop with a twat now. <laughs> I, I I I have faith in Feig. I will say that. Um. So um. Yeah. She uh, Melissa McCarthy plays like um the kind of like the the CIA operative kind of in uh the ear of the secret agent kind of saying oh you know there's three people coming along here shoot them and then go to your right there's a door there you'll need an access code here it is blah 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 and uh, her kind of like partner in this is Jude Law. Um, he is uh, killed by uh, Rose Byrne's character and um, Rose Byrne's character somehow has a list of all the active agents, uh, including uh, Jason Statham's. Uh, I think he's called Rob Ford or something like that in this. Um, and uh, so she is sent out into the field because she's the only because uh, she's a non like in the in the shit agent uh, to do stuff. Uh, Jason Statham's character immediately quits because Melissa McCarthy becomes an active agent. He's just like fuck this. Uh, there's a pretty brilliant bit where Jason Statham says that he'll be all right. All they need to do is put him in the face off machine, and they'll just give him a different face, and then you can just get to work. And then they're they're trying to convince him that the face-off machine isn't a real thing, and he doesn't believe them, which is pretty solid. Um, so um, basically, sorry, that actually sounds quite amusing. Yeah, yeah. So um, and then basically, Mr. McCarthy goes out in the field, but Jason Statham's character goes rogue. He wants in on the mission as well, so he keeps on popping up, quite like Furious Seven. Actually, he just kind of keeps on popping up at random times. Uh, except this time he's not nearly as kind of badass and cool. Um, slight spoiler alert for Spy. There is one bit where he appears out of nowhere and then gets his jacket caught on a door and then just falls over, which is fucking amazing. Um, but, yeah, so the thing is, Miss McCarthy, there's not a lot of fat lady go boom boom type stuff here. And she generally doesn't do a lot of that stuff, but she does do a lot of the sweary fat lady stuff. Um, 
Not so much here, even though I will say there's a distinct shift in her personality, even though there's a kind of a, a, a film reason for that, where she suddenly becomes sweary and just trying to offend everybody like she does in The Heat. Um, and I actually also rewatched The Heat this week, which I, I really enjoyed. But um, anyway, um, but the thing is, she's capable at her job. She's actually legitimately good at a job there's one bit where they have her do something physically where it's just like the film was actually relatively grounded with her physical attributes until this point and now you're going to pull this i'm not too sure i'm into that but it's whatever it's a small complaint uh but yeah she's good at a job she knows what she's doing she's got skills and like the way that the film kind of opens up through it is is well done here uh miranda hart um i thought was actually all right um i'm not a massive fan of hers generally but she played work quite well off melissa mccarthy jason statham is the shit in this film um he's obviously not one of the improving ones uh you know like i'm, I'm sure all his lines are getting fed to him but he is so deadpan when he is coming up with really really stupid shit because his character's basically a guy who thinks he's hot shit, but he's actually cold diarrhea. And um, it, it, he, through the film, he just gets more silly and more silly, but continually keeps a straight face. Um, and it's just, it's... I kind of... Do you mind if I just spoil one other thing about... Uh, 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 one uh, other I joke about Jason Statham? At the but... end of the film... The end of the film, they're by a lake... And he gets in this speedboat, and they're like, what are you going to go do now? And he's like, oh, I think I'm going to go to Italy, maybe like, uh, maybe shoot one over to Greece. And, he just, go, and he, he just goes he goes off. And they're just like, does he genuinely not realise that he's just in a lake? <laughs> and they just, he just, and he, and he just fucks off. And then about 10 seconds later, <laughs> you just hear him in the background going, this is a fucking lake. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. I, uh, it's, you know, uh, um, and also Peter Serafinowicz, um, turns up as well as basically this horny Italian agent who just constantly is trying to make a pass at Melissa McCarthy. And it goes from being funny to being not funny and then back to being funny again because they just keep on ramming it. Um, so I, the thing is, I, I like Paul Feig. I like his work. I do like that he's doing funny stuff with funny women, but, you know, not at, making jokes at the expense of the women. All the people here who undermine Melissa McCarthy's character are the ones who are being made fun of here. Um, and, and, and good on it for that. I, I had a really good time with it. It, it is a bit long. It's two hours. Didn't need to be that long. Rose Byrne is actually very good in it as well. Very, very, very deadpan. Um, but just completely sociopathic. And some of the shit she comes up with is is fantastic. It's just it's a it's a funny time at the cinema, and you know, and it's um, and maybe don't like it quite as much as the Heat. To be honest, I think Sandra Bullock, uh, Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy together in that film are actually pretty gold but um it's it's a really 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 fun time i laughed a lot 
so there you go. But then again, I laughed a lot at Haunted House too. So what do I know? Um, <laughs> you've sold you've sold Spy more to me than you did Haunted House two, and I watched yeah, Haunted House two. So I, I will watch Spy. I only went. To, I only really went to six. I wanted to see Jason Statham in it, and I heard it was good. And he certainly doesn't disappoint, and the rest of the film doesn't really disappoint either. Uh, so there you go. I mean, the only character who's not really that funny in it is Jude Law, but um, his character is not really supposed to be funny, so it's it's fine. Um, okay, so uh, I watched Area Fifty One, um, which is. The guy who directed Paranormal Activity directed this genuinely, I think it was about 2009. And it's just got a release now. Um, which is a sign of quality if ever there was one. Um, so basically, it's found footage. Uh, guy's at a party with his friends, sees a, a UFO. Three months later, convinces his friends to go to Area 51. They spend the first half of the, the film planning how they're going to get into Area 51. They then do it really, really easily. They then spend the second half of the film walking around the corridors in Area 51, and every now and then a door opens and scares them. And now at the end, spoiler alert for Area 51, they all get abducted. And then the camera falls on the ground. Wow. <laughs> One out of five. <laughs> that good. Almost incessantly boring. How long is it? Like an hour and a half. Fuck. That's a long time for a shit film. It's really, really boring. It's this, really... This, this has only just come out? Yeah. Am I thinking of another film called Area 51 that's been floating about for a couple of years on Netflix? Then? Yeah, maybe. Cause this literally came out on VOD a couple of weeks back. Ah, uh, okay. Um, it, it, it's boring as shit. And uh, like it, it I, I I don't have much. I, may, I don't know. Maybe it's on US Netflix. It's certainly only just come out in UK. V, uh, UK. Oh, no, I, I've only got UK Netflix anyway. So. Oh no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah. So it's um, it, it's really bad. Um, and it, I mean, I it, I could see why it was sat on the shelf. If this had come out after paranormal, straight after paranormal activity, it would have killed the guys career and i don't even know what he's doing now i think he produces stuff now produces but um stuff and that's that's it he doesn't really have a career to be honest yeah 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 um it, it, it it's just definitely boring um so i'll move on american psycho i really really like american psycho it's only the second time i've ever watched it um christian bale was incredible in that film whenever he starts talking about huey lewis and the news or phil collins it's just absolute gold i i it, it, it just he is other world funny in this film to me um and the film is supposed to be funny you know it is supposed to be outlandish and i like how the whole thing kind of reflects his increasingly frenzied state of mind as well how it gets more and more incoherent and shit just doesn't make any real sense and, you know by the time he's um leaving a voicemail on a lawyer's answer phone while helicopters are fucking buzzing about in the background it's just you're completely in looneyville and i'm absolutely loving it um i just wish reese weatherspoon's character got killed off horribly and she doesn't um let me see what else um oh actually last thing i think uh rewatched ex machina um which first half when they're actually having conversations and it's actually quite intellectual really like it um when it turns into man wants to fuck a robot tries to free a 
robot stares at herself naked loads, gets a bit sleazy. I'm not as into it. The film either needed to go all out with the sleaze or it needed to have none of that at all and just be cold and cerebral. One or the other, I think, would have been better than what we got here. Um, I like I liked it less on a second watch. I think once you know what's going on with the plot and whatnot, there's actually not a lot more there to it. Um, I mean, like I say, the discussions are interesting and whatnot, but I mean, again, you know, once you've heard them, there's not much else to it. Um, there's not much in the film a second time round where like you look for clues or anything like that. It, it, there's not really. It doesn't feel like there's much, that much complexity in the performances to really give things away. It just it's like, oh, this plot thing happened, then this plot plot thing happened, and there you go. Um, I, I remain disappointed in Ex Machina, and uh, more so on a second watch. So there you go. And uh, that's me done. So uh, should we do some Twitter questions? Cool, yeah. Have you got on the... Yeah. Um, I don't. So we'll see if I've got uh, I've got a couple in front of me, yeah. Oh, go on then, bro. Uh, Adam Lowe's asked, what are each of your favourite canon films? Ooh, Breaking question. 2, Electric Boogaloo, done. I th- I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Breaking 2, I, I'm, I, I, like, there's a fair few of them I, I do quite like, though. I, I, Exterminator 2, Death Wish 2 and 3, Life Force, Bloodsport. Yeah. Uh, I really like The Last American Virgin. Um... But it's a very well. It's it's in the book, so I'll, I'll talk about it in detail there. But like, it's a it's a strange movie for 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 reasons that they only touched on in the documentary. But um, yeah, I really like that as well. So there's a fucking ton of them. But yeah, yeah, uh, I would say Runaway Train is a genuinely fucking great movie. I've I mean, seen. That. I and now have that to watch. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a fucking it's a, it's a genuinely great fucking movie that uh, that film. Uh, and, and the, the it is a proper it's a proper action thriller, uh, which is great. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two I love for just its complete total insanity. Uh, Bloodsport, uh, there's, there's there's loads. I even really like quite like Cyborg. It, it's Cyborg's an insane yeah. fucking movie. It, 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 it's mad that that movie even got fucking made. Uh, and the fact that all of the characters are named after guitars or amps is just is mad. Uh, which I can't they didn't mention the fucking film. Uh, but yeah, no. they'd, they'd be mine. Um, oh, Mr. F1978. Uh, is the big trouble in Little China remake a poor tent to the upcoming apocalypse? Um, no, if if oh. I'm going to watch a remake to Big Trouble in Little China, it may as well have The Rock in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if The Rock is the worst thing that can happen to that movie, then, you know, that will be a fucking great movie. Um, he could, I think he could pull off, you know, a version, a, a new version, should we say, of Jack Burton. Um, I, I definitely could do that. It all depends on who else they cast, who's going to direct, um, and, and all those bits. There's, there's, there's so much to get in with it, and it, 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 no matter what happens, it will not stop uh, Big Trouble in Little China being one of the great movies of its time. Mm. I feel like I'm I'm increasingly having to defend the notion of remakes nowadays because the automatic sort of hatred and fear of them seems to be so pervasive. Like everybody just automatically goes to you know fuck remakes, and it's really like 
can we not just wait and see? <laughs> you know what I mean? Can we, can we not just wait and see if it's a good movie? Why, why do we have to hate it before it even exists? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where if they came up with a big Swim Little China remake and it was, I don't know, Colin Farrell, for instance, mm. had been cast in it, or um, somebody, a, a, a comedic actor, um, mm. Seth Rogen, had been cast in it. I'd be there going, and I like Seth Rogen. Um, you know, I like the you know the, the two answers I just mentioned there. But if they'd been casting it, it'd be, yeah, I don't see that. I don't see how that yeah. works. But with the rock, I kind of go, hmm. Well, it's fucking the different. Thing, <laughs> the thing is, is if you look at look at Dwayne Johnson's career, he's done some good stuff. He's done some bad stuff. But the one thing that you know about him is he understands comedic tone. Yeah. You can see, you know, his the way he is in. In the Fast and Furious movies, uh, the way he is in... Oh, I was just going to add an example there that I was going to bring. Oh, in uh, Pain and Gain. You know, he understands comedic tone and he knows how to do tongue-in-cheek. So, as far as this film's concerned, like like you've already said, if we're going to have a big trouble in Little China remake, yeah, fuck it, let The Rock have a go at it, because I think he'll get it and yeah. do something with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I, I've got no real problem with this whatsoever. Um, I, I want to see The Rock in stuff, and I'd quite like to see him in that kind of plot and setting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, why the fuck not? Absolutely. I'd be more worried about who they're going to uh, um, cast as Gracie Law. That's a fair point. Yeah, because it'll be somebody insipid and shit. Mm. Um, Mr. Uh, at CGP73, random one this, uh, you've been accepted in Starfleet. Do you join the Command Operations or Sciences Department? Command. Yeah, Command. Absolutely. I'd own that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Command because, A, they're likely to get the best whiskey, and, B, you're more likely to fuck a green chick. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I I would constantly refer to the Science Department as the nerds. Mm. (laughs) Space nerds. Yeah. Shut up, nerd. Space nerds. Maybe... Disappear down there. Yeah, don't want to <laughs> fuck that green chick. Yeah. So Space you... nerds, develop some sort of Rohypnol that works on that green chick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I found this 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 small baton shape thing. This will do. What are you planning on doing with the small baton shaped thing? Just clock her on the head. It's fine. That's quite a way to end the show. <laughs> what, in um, space rip? I expect nothing less. So that's a fair point, actually. Um, nice. Uh, okay, so on next week's show, uh, are we doing Jurassic World? We will be doing Jurassic World, yeah. Cool. All right, then. After all that, like, we're so looking forward to it earlier <laughs> on. So uh, I looking forward to that one, folks. Got to see that. She can't fucking wait. Oh, fair enough, then. Yeah. Needless to say, I won't be there. <laughs> No, fair enough. Um, okay, cool. So uh, there'll be that and uh, the usual stuff. Uh, thank you very much, Noel. Thanks sorry for having me as always, very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I'm always such a fucking downer. We're going to have to pick better films. <laughs> I don't know. You like Fast 7. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. That's true. I was just going to say, watch this now. Jurassic Park will end up, or Jurassic World will end up being amazing. And I'll be like, shit, I should have gone on that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah, no problem. No problem, bud. 
And uh, yeah, thanks to uh, everybody for listening. And uh, we will be back next week. Um, Hopefully this one will not go up as late as last week's one did. Uh, Sorry about that, folks. That was my bad. And that was because I just kind of didn't have much time. But neither does Mark. So it'll be up Thursday, to be honest. There you go. This will be up Thursday. So, hey, it's less than a week since the last one. Stop complaining. Shut up. Fuckers. Oh, and The Rock, if you're listening, uh, continuing to listen, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we look forward to seeing you as Jack Burton. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm uh, just a little bit uh, sketched out by the prospects of The Rock listening to this. Well, no, there is no prospect. There is no, no, no there, there is, there is no prospect. If you are listening to The Rock, which we know you're not, please just tell us you are, because it will, it will make our fucking days. But we know you're not. So, yeah. and also I'm sorry I'm sorry you did I'm sorry I said that you did some bad stuff. All your films have been great. Yeah, especially the Tooth Fairy, which I actually really quite like. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all you can say to that, isn't it? Of course you do. <laughs> it's a fucking fun movie. Of course it is. Of course. Of course. <laughs> right, that'll be it. Bye bye. Bye. Bye now. Course. <laughs> <laughs> right, I must go and fucking cripple myself to do exercises. Oh, I've got to go shit, and eat yeah. some. Uh, I've got to go and eat some pulled pork immediately. Ah, oh, sweet, nice. Oh, I yeah. want pulled pork immediately. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in a salmon salad after I've crippled myself. Nice. Health kick. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an unintentional health kick. <laughs> Man, you really want to have sex with that that girl, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Fucking hell, she terrifies me. Uh, yeah, so my, I, I, what have I got to do tonight? I've got to do, let's have a wee little look, see what's on the list. It is day, it's day 18, so it is 100 crunches, 40 leg raises, and a 95 second plank. <laughs> Good night for uh, a band, that. Yeah, 95 second plank. 95 second plank, yeah. So, yeah, this is going to fucking kill me. <laughs> Sorry, I can't come out tonight staying and having a, 90, having a 95 <laughs> second plank. <laughs> right, see you, lads. Chaps there. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Cheers, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>